Welcome back to the Sound the Horn podcast. I'm here with Ben and Riley. This is Danny. We are excited to have you all back today. How was March Madness? What do you think? How'd you feel? Great to watch some games. Hey, it was a fun weekend full of basketball, no doubt. I mean, there was a lot of great games. We got some upsets. We had, uh, you know, nothing really too disappointing. No major blowouts. I mean, I felt like we had a uh, pretty good weekend of basketball, and it was great to have fans in the stands again and people cheering and cheerleaders getting basketballs off the top of the backboard. And, you know, I mean, pure March Madness, you know? Yeah, it yeah, felt it was... like March Madness was back again, you know? We had fans, like Ben mentioned. We had some close games. We had some upsets. It just felt like, hey, we've, we're back in it, and we're rolling yeah, it was fun. It was fun to get back into March Madness, but um, well, we're excited to have you all with us today. We're going to talk some March Madness. we got some MLB, some NFL, NBA. We're going to be kind of hitting the gamut today with some of our topics. Uh, before we get started, though, I just want to remind you, make sure to check us out on our different streaming partners, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook, and make sure you subscribe, follow us so that you get those notifications every time we have new episodes come out. We want to make sure that you're not missing a thing from the Sound of the Horn podcast. You don't want to miss my quips. Come on. Follow. Yeah, you don't, you follow don't want to miss catch them. All right. Yeah. So we're going to go in. We're going to follow up on kind of where we are with the brackets, how we've done so far, and then just talk a little bit about what we've seen so far with the March Madness. So looking at the brackets so far, what, is, what does that look like, Ben? What's our leaderboard going in there? Well, so, uh, you know, um, your hosts here are doing about what we expected. Danny's in eighth, and I'm in a tie for ninth. So, you know, that's, that's looking amazing. Third place, baby. I had a uh, rough round one, but a little bit better round two. You got a lot of probable points available. So I got all my final four teams in still. So I got, I got lots of things looking up right now. Uh, as much as it hurts, our sister Jessica is currently in the lead. Um, but she's yeah, tied with my nine-year-old son. But she so, is tied yeah. with you know, my nine-year-old nephew, uh, Mr. Jimmer Mania. You know, he's so, he's rocking it. Um, the coin oh, flip eight-year-old, sorry, eight-year-old. Yeah, the coin flip bracket as kind of expected. So it had a great opening round, twenty-one picks out of 30, um, 32. So you know, I mean, that's that's a pretty good opening round. And then it went downhill from there and only got four out of the sweet 16, right? So, you know, I mean, you can't, you win some, you lose some, but it still has its champion in the there with Arizona. So, uh, you know, you never know. It's got an outside chance. You know what though? I'm going to give the coin a lot of credit because it is the only one out of all of us that Saint predicted St. Peter's over <laughs> Kentucky. It's like a high no, school. It, it didn't have them in the sweet 16, but the coin picked that first round. So good job for the coin. All right. Um, so today, as we react to March Madness, we're actually going to have a guest join us on our show today. Um, Riley, do you want to introduce our, our guest today who, who we're going to have, have joining us for our episode? Yeah. So um, we brought in a guest today. I brought in a good friend of mine, Andrew Brown. He is a guy that lives here in Fallon, Nevada with me in the middle of nowhere. And so obviously we're qualified to talk everything sports. And he's one of the first guys I go to when we're talking about sports. He's an assistant basketball coach at the high school here. So obviously he knows everything about basketball there is possibly to know. Um, I know he's a big 
uh, Cubs fan. He's a big jazz fan. He's also a Utah Utes fan, but we're not going to hold that against him. He's still a good guy despite that. Um, but yeah, so he's going to come on, talk a little bit of some of the, you know, March madness and some baseball free agents. We with us, give us a little, uh, outsider info. Cause people might get sick of hearing our voices all the time. Yeah. Andrew, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to have you with us tonight. Thanks for having me. I appreciate What's up, it. Andrew. Not too much. Yeah. yeah. So it's too bad you're a you, but we'll look past that. So as we're looking at the, at the first weekend of, of March madness, you know, what was kind of your favorite moment uh, of the weekend from the games that you were able to see? Uh, they, like you said, lots of them. Um, obvious one, St. Peter's getting two wins. It's always fun to see uh, smaller schools do that, particularly ones that I bet you most people haven't even heard of, but that, that was pretty fun. And, and we're talking about that. I want to mention that on our Facebook page, you know, we got uh, Facebook posts. You can go ahead and drop comments. We'll mention it. Michael Perrazzo here called out, hey, St. Peter's, anything's hand down. You know, I mean, third 15 seed going to the sweet 16 it's always exciting and fun to have a school that's what i mean if you look at the video of that school it's like looks like a high school in newark new jersey you know but here they are in the sweet 16 of the ncaa tournament so andrew andrew give us some insight on who do you still got alive in your bracket how's your bracket doing as of this point uh i mean it's it's like everybody's it's it's not great, but I still have three of my four final four teams. So that's what I'm hanging on to um, Gonzaga, Arizona, Purdue, Iowa, let me down in the first, their first game. But besides that, I'm still alive. Not doing bad. All right. Yeah. Iowa seemed to be a trendy pick. And so I had Richmond winning that game. I told you guys, don't trust the teams that go big, go, go deep in the conference tournament. They come in tired. Everybody's going to pick them. Richmond. We talked about this. Richmond Except won for... their conference tournament it's true. and beat Dayton, which was a major upset. The only reason that they're in the tournament. So your logic, while sound, is completely illogical. Wrong. Yeah, it's it's highly illogical to quote uh illogical to quote Princess Bride. <laughs> Iowa out, Virginia Tech out. Those were the two I was talking about. So I mean it's holding it's holding some water there. Okay. Yeah. I I just I really enjoyed the UNC Baylor game. I I know Riley, you picked UNC. You got lucky there. I, I was did not get lucky. That's that's just <laughs> that's right up here in the the old noggin, man. Man, I thought Baylor was going to complete the comeback there. That was a crazy game. That was a crazy crazy game. They were down twenty five with ten minutes to go. I was like, yeah, this game's over. How did push UNC to overtime? Get that that's nuts. How do you give yeah. up a 25 point lead in the second half? Come on. UNC is going to go get another one though. So that's what my bracket says. Mm. I, I feel bad for Baylor. I, I feel like they're a, a one seed that lost two starters and then they have to play UNC as an eight seed. That just feels like it's not a fair matchup. Well, talking about a not fair matchup. I agree with you, by the way, Andrew, like, uh, you know, that's a UNC, you know, taking down Duke, you know, they're not a, they're not your typical eight seed. Speaking of your not typical nine seed, you know, I will mention this Memphis Tiger team because, first of all, they took out my Boise State Broncos, which once again. See, that's the only reason you're talking about it. That's the only reason you're talking about it. Let's talk about this for a second. You tell me Memphis was a typical nine seed. The Boise State should have been an eight seed. Those two teams should not have been playing in the first round. Boise State pushed them to the brink. They were right there. They were behind in the second half, first half, came back. And then you go and you watch Memphis. 
And Memphis was right there, probably could have knocked off the one number one overall seed because they're athletic, they're fast, they're quick, they could shoot, they rebound, especially on the offensive end. I mean, that Memphis-Gonzaga game was fun. It was up and down the court, both teams pushing, both teams running. Back when I played basketball way back in the 90s in New Plymouth, Idaho for the Pilgrims, that was what we used to play, this run and gun, shooting threes up and down the court. We had drills called continuous fast break. We went and we went and we went. And that's what that game reminded me of, and it was fun to watch. Well, and ultimately, I find I find that game was a good test for Gonzaga, and I think it it gives them something going into the rest of this tournament that they have been pushed to the brink like that. Instead of just blowing through their first couple of games, they've had to play in that tight game and that exciting game. And it, I think it bodes well for them going forward that they've had to face a little bit of a test. Yeah, and if you're talking games with teams that should not have been playing in the first round, I really thought that Murray State-San Francisco game was really interesting. Both really high-quality teams that I think either one could have been in the Sweet 16. Say, I, I think St. Pete really lucked out in that Murray state, they had to, they had to do everything just to get past San Francisco. They looked like they were tired. They didn't have their legs with them when they came into the second round. But I think that was an amazing game between those two teams that I think could have happened later on in the tournament as well. Overall though, like great, great first couple rounds. Yeah. What do you think? Are we going to have, and, and I know I got Andrew's answer cause he's got Purdue going obviously to the final four, Andrew. So we're not even going to push you there, but. What are the odds here that St. Pete can beat Purdue and, and make our first 15 seed elite eight team? I still want to hear Andrew's thoughts on that. Okay. Go Andrew. Uh, I, I think I'd be shocked if they beat Purdue. I, I mean, any 15 seed that wins two games, uh, it feels a little less fluky there. They probably didn't deserve to be a 15 seed, but I just have a hard time seeing them beat. Purdue and if they beat Purdue I have a hard time seeing them beat UCLA or North Carolina that's just too many uh, teams with NBA talent that I don't think they could get by but I didn't think they'd beat Kentucky so who knows nobody did really except the coin so our our (laughs) ever knowledgeable coin knows man (laughs) well let's we're going to transition off of March Madness there's a lot of great things from the opening week of games really appreciated that but we also have a little bit of baseball free agency that we want to talk about. And it's been a little bit interesting. We've had some, some good signings. Things have happened pretty quickly since the lockout. So just curious. And Andrew, we'll let you jump in first on this. Like in seeing baseball free agency, most surprising move for you, most interesting free agent signing, like what, what's your initial reaction from what you're seeing from the first from baseball free agency since the lockout? I mean, I just want to know who's printing the money for the Los Angeles Dodgers because it just doesn't seem like it ever ends. Amen. Amen. Hey, I mean, Magic's got that money, man. It's his it, magic. It feels like Monopoly money at this point. We just Freddie Freeman, six years, just throw it all out there, I guess, huh? Well, it's like I was telling these guys, you know, and I'll, I'll put it out here on the podcast, Andrew. You know, I mean, obviously the Dodgers, they're a little bit vindictive, you know, if you beat them in the playoffs, they're going to go and they're going to steal your best player. You know, the Red Sox beat the Dodgers in the world series. They they go still Mookie, you know, the nationals beat them in the playoffs. What do they do? They go still Trey Turner, you know, they get Max Scherzer and then the Braves beat them in the playoffs and we're going to steal Freddie Freeman. I mean, is there, there's like a little bit of a anger vindictive thing going on there in LA. I think just, just don't beat us. And then you won't lose your best player. It's that simple. 
Hey, if we were stealing the Nationals' best player, Juan Juan Soto would be in the outfield in Los Angeles, but that hasn't happened yet. So, uh, but but I digress. Um, I still think most interesting move. I I did not see Carlos Correa going to the Twins. I think that one was completely out of left field, uh, and I'm trying to figure out. I get that he can opt out after this first year, but what are the Twins doing with this? They're not they're not really in contention here. I don't, I didn't understand the move. I think it's good for the franchise, but I don't understand how it fits into the long-term plan of what they're trying to do. Okay. So I have one theory because he can opt out. What do you think the odds are that the twins signed in the short-term deal and some teams going to be in this now expanded playoff race that we haven't had except for that slow pitch softball jv season a couple years ago when we only played 60 games at the biggest playoffs ever we had to make it through it so just bitter dodgers won bitter anyways but some team's going to be desperate come trade deadline and they might overpay and you might get some good quality players there in minnesota for carlos correa for the yankees because the yankees are going to be battling in that stacked al east with the rays the blue jays the red Sox, the yankees like all four of those teams can make the playoffs and so i think the yankees may be looking for something and maybe you can get a couple minor league guys you know just throwing that out there andrew what do you think what how did how did you react to that carlos correa signing i mean I, I wanted the Cubs to get in on that just because I would, would like to see a, a, a major league lineup in Chicago as opposed to the triple A lineup we trotted out last year. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what he's necessarily thinking on that. I just, maybe he just chased what was the biggest deal for him or I'm not sure how the he, like you said, how he fits in with the twins long-term plans. I'll be interested to see. It does feel like a bargaining chip that if he, if he hits this year and you win games with him, then you use him. And if he doesn't, then you, you trade him to a contender and try to get some young prospects. Yeah. As a Cubs fan, how do you feel about the Suzuki signing? I mean, that's a pretty big commitment to a guy that hasn't played in the, in the major leagues at all. Yeah. It seemed like uh, a lot more money annually than I thought he was going to get on the market. But at this point, like I said, I'm excited to have anybody that can hit the ball at a, at a high level. Um, I don't expect them to, to really contend this year, but I'm excited to have a, a little more something in the middle of the lineup that actually gets you a little excited to get some fans in the seat. So I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you're looking at the former Cubs, though. A lot of guys from that Cubs, um, that World Series team, made a lot of money. Javi Baez with the, with the Tigers. Rizzo going back to the Yankees. Chris Bryant making that money with Colorado. That was I think big it's, money for Chris Bryant right there. That was. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it's tough. Like, you'd want to keep that team together, but there's no way that they were going to be able to afford all of that talent. It's just, it's sad that you, all three of them had to, had to leave. Well, and Schwarber making all the money with the Phillies. So you really got four guys big free agent signings all off of that team. And like, it's too bad. They had, they had those pieces there. Yeah. I, Bryant was the most surprising one for me. I thought for sure he would go somewhere where he thought he had a chance to win, but I guess being a Boris client, he goes where he gets the most money and that's stuck in Colorado for the next, however long that's going to be. Somebody called that over here, <laughs> right here in this top window on this zoom call right here, that guy. Yeah. Well, Andrew, we appreciate you coming on. Um, before you leave, though, one one other quick question for you. This is a podcast by fans for fans, and so was just curious. What's your favorite fan moment? Like, what where you've been at a live game that you were like, man, like I'll never forget that moment. Oh man, um, live game. 
Sure. Or live game, maybe, or TV. Like, like your favorite fan moment. My fa- I'm, I'm a Utah Jazz fan, which is painful to admit. Um, my never forget moment is, is a, a Jazz fans, every Jazz fan everywhere knows it, is John Stockton sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals. I'm only eight years old. My dad let me stay up and watch the game. Um, never forget that. Whole, whole entire blocks. You can hear everybody running out of their house. That's one I'll never forget for sure. Danny and I, Riley won't remember that moment, but but Danny and I, I'll never forget. We were in a motel room because we were on some road trip as a family. And no, not that one. That was the Vernon Maxwell one. That's when they. No, when that was the John Stockton one. No, that one I was at a I was at a Little League game. I was playing and we had a recording and you were at home freaking out by yourself. And then we had to come <laughs> back and watch the recording afterwards. And we're like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And then and then watch the end of the game. I like All that. I know is I was like five, but I would have appreciated it if I had the age to appreciate it. So, yeah, that was a great moment. Yeah. You talk, hopefully we get another one here at some point as, as jazz fans. So we'll we'll see. All right. Well, thank you, Andrew, for coming on. We really appreciate it. And um, appreciate you sharing a little bit, you know, March madness and some of your uh, free agency thoughts with us tonight. We appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Andrew. All right. Well, we're going to jump into our next segment here, which we're calling this, this or that. And so we're going to kind of go rapid fire on these ones. Um, Riley, Ben, I'm going to throw you guys a couple of scenarios and you each need to pick which one of these you think is going to happen. So our first, this or that we're going to the NFL for this one. Who gets traded first? Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G Riley, you get the first one here. I'm going to say Jimmy G just because I think that the Niners are desperate to get rid of him. And I think that people might see stock in him. I don't trust that guy. I don't really like Jimmy G as a quarterback, but I think that some people see the potential there and they're going to be willing to put up more for him. So I'm going to say Jimmy G I'm going to go with, uh, I thought about going Jimmy G, but I really think it'd be Baker Mayfield. I think that there's no place for him in, in Cleveland anymore. I think he's shown enough. Jimmy G's had lots of opportunities and hasn't taken that next step. I think that there's still a chance here for Baker Mayfield, as young as he is, to get put in the right system and be able to uh, maybe do something here in the NFL. Yeah, after the Matt Ryan trade, I think it's got to be Baker. Cleveland really wants him out of there. He really wants out of there. Jimmy G, I don't think there's as much urgency. If the Niners have to hold on to him for another year, like it's not the end of the world. Mayfield has to go. Where they go, I don't know. Like Seattle's like the only team that makes – maybe Carolina. Maybe but... Atlanta gives him a chance now that Ryan's gone. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. All right, Houston? we're going to go – Houston, no, nah, Houston's in total tank mode. They don't. Well, he's a Big I Twelve mean, guy. I don't know. Just a thought, random. Yeah, moves. yeah, we'll see. All right, we're gonna jump over to the NBA. This or that, Embiid or Giannis for the MVP. Ben, you get first a bit dibs on this one. Okay, I know everybody loves Embiid right now, but I am dropping Giannis. Give me that Giannis. The guy does everything. I think he could guard Embiid and still score 29 points if he needed to. Give me that Giannis. He does, he's like LeBron was 10 years ago, you know? Freak, fast, tall, jumps out of the building, can shoot, plays defense against a point guard to a center. Give me Giannis. 
I'm, I don't disagree with Ben's thoughts, but I'm going to say Embiid because I think that Embiid just has the momentum of everybody there and everyone that's voting. I think they're just like, sometimes that's what it is in the NBA. It's about getting your name talked about more than the other guy. And I think Embiid's got that edge on Giannis right now because Giannis has been doing it for a few years. So they're like, oh, let's look at somebody new. And so for those reasons, I think Embiid's getting it. Another one that everybody's talking about, and I was just watching the Nuggets game tonight and Van Gundy saying it's got to be Jokic. I don't know. Like they've got to win more games. Yeah, he's leading in a lot of the stats and what's happening there. But I think Giannis is a winner. I think there's a lot that he brings to the team that you don't see on the stat sheet. I think the same with Embiid. When Embiid is going, he is so dominant because he can play down low on the post. He's got the ball skills to be able to play on the wing. Like he looks like half Kobe Bryant, half Hakeem Olajuwon. Like the way that he plays, there's nobody like him. He's there's no one is as dynamic. But is he healthy and is he able to bring that level of energy every game? That I don't know. And and why would you go Joker? Come on. I mean, Denver's got to put something together if you're going to go that way. I think the, other- I think the, oh. the key that you said, too, is most valuable player. Are you really bringing value to your team if your team's not winning night in and night out with you on the floor? So I think that's a big factor, like you said, Danny. The other pet peeve of mine with the NBA that I, I would like for this to maybe be on a future episode, but – how come they're the only sport that we never look at the total stats? Like we're always looking at the averages for everything. Like in the, the NFL, we talk about who has the most yards, who has the most touchdowns. We don't do per game. We don't do none of the, like, we don't do homers per game in baseball. We're like, who, ha- who leads the league in home runs? Who leads the league in hits? Like batting average a little bit, but like, I don't know. Pet peeve of mine with the NBA. Like, just give me all the stats. Who Who's the assist leader, not the per game leader? Like, you know, it's dumb. Numbers are a little bit higher, but whatever. I mean, right, I, I understand I what you're That's saying. True. That's okay. All right. Next one, Ben, this one's for you. Uh, I know you want to talk about this, so I'll let you go first. Tom Brady, one more year or one plus as a quarterback? This or that? I think that as much as I think Tom Brady wants to do one plus, I think that uh, I don't think that that's going to be allowed. I think that his wife is probably not super happy about him coming back now. She wanted him to retire five years ago, you know, and uh, as Riley can attest, those Brazilian women, they can be a little feisty. So you just got to make sure you keep her happy. Yeah, don't don't make a Brazilian woman mad. That is a scary thing. Um, but I am going to say one plus because I think Tom Brady's pulling an old Brett Favre. I'm retired. I'm back. I'm retired. I'm back. And he's going to do that for about three years until he finally decides to actually retire. Um, I get he's only done it once, but I can see Tom Brady just because he loves being relevant, which he's going to be relevant either way. I can see him just doing that for a couple more years at least. I'm going to be that guy and be like, well, it depends on what happens this year, right? Here's the thing. I think that's boring. Hey, why don't you sit on that fence? It's called this or that. This or that. And I'm going to be this and that. So what I think it goes into it, though, and the reason I think Tom came back, we already heard him say, and he didn't say he was talking about Garoppolo, but I think we figured out he was talking about Garoppolo. And like, you're sticking with that guy. 
guy. I'm going to censor it. You're sticking with that guy, right? And, and I think he sits back and he goes to his his house and he's he's like, do I want to sit on the couch and know that I better than 25 other guys in the league and I could be out there at least and I could be out there winning? He's not in any pain. I think that's the difference from this offseason to the previous one. He was coming off surgery. He was recovering from a bunch of injuries this year. He's pain free. I think if he plays the if he plays injury free this season, there's no reason for him to retire. He still feels good. He still thinks that he can go out and he he can. He can still go out and produce at a high level. Why why retire at this point? What if he runs out of avocado toast? Then he might not be able to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'd find a millennial or some sort of hipster somewhere. He'd be good. All right. <laughs> This or that, um, do the Dodgers score 900 runs this year or another team or nobody? Riley? I, you look at what the Dodgers have done the last couple of years without having a DH. You take out the pitcher and throw in a DH as much as I was against that. I think they're going to produce lots of runs this year. And so I am definitely saying, yes, Dodgers are going to score 900 runs this year. With that lineup, you mix in all those guys, and if they're producing at the level that they should, that's definitely a 900-run team. So I'm going to go ahead and say I think that, yes, 900 is the Dodgers, but I'm, they're not going to be the only ones. Look at the line that the Red Sox got. I mean, I'm going to talk Red Sox because I can, but, you know, they, they're going at Trevor Story with everything that else they already got in that lineup. It's pretty potent. And so I think really the question is, does a team score a thousand runs with the new universal DH with where we're at, like the video. I mean, I, I, I think it's a possibility that that somebody gets to a thousand this year. That's the big question. 2019, we had four teams with 900 runs scored. No one really, they didn't get close to a thousand, but it could happen this year. I think the universal DH might change. A little bit of that. We're not playing with the pitcher in NL ballparks. I think that might change things a little bit, add a little more runs. All right. We're talking in, we're talking major league baseball free agency a little bit ago. Like who, who got it worse in free agency, Chris Bryant or Carlos Correa, Chris Bryant having to settle for the Rockies or Correa having to settle for the short-term deal with Minnesota when he was really looking for a big contract. Carlos Correa. I mean, they're okay. They're both cold weather places. So nobody really wants to go play baseball in Denver in April, but just as much, they don't want to go play in Minnesota in April, but Chris Bryant gets to go play at that altitude as a hitter. You know, I mean, at least he's going to have the opportunity to put some balls over the fence, put up some good numbers. He already got paid, but you know, you still want to put up good numbers and have fun. They may not win a ton, but at least he's going to put up numbers. I'm, I was tending to go to Chris Bryant, but I'm going to agree with Ben and say Carlos Correa because Chris Bryant's making good money. And I think he had a last couple of years where he wasn't, you know, doing everything that he should have. So I think he ultimately got pretty good money. Isn't going somewhere he's going to be able to make a push for um, the playoffs. Probably not. But the other thing is though, my only thing against Carlos Correa is who was really, once again, I go back to who really wants that guy in their dugout. I see the controversy that he is and the, the issues that he's brought forth. So that's my thing. 
Man, I, I think you guys are overplaying some of that. I would. Chris Bryant is stuck in Colorado for seven years. I mean, they'll probably trade him before his contract is up. But like, that's not a winning organization. They're not going to put a winning team around him. Yeah, he'll put up some big numbers. But look what happens with all these other players that put up big numbers. It's all dismissed because you're like, oh, you play at Coors, right? Like, we don't take Todd Helton seriously. You know, I I think Correa has a better shot of getting to a contender pretty quickly. And Riley, you say they don't want him in the dugout. If you've watched the Astros in the playoffs since 2017, who's him. the leader of that team? It's yeah. Carlos Correa. They love he, the guy. Yeah. He's what if he gets to a contending team, he is going to help make them better and get them to the World Series. I think there are a lot of contending teams that are going to want to have him and come come the trade deadline. I could see him on a contender and could make some noise in October. I would much rather be Correa at this point and be able to get up to free agency again in, in the next year or two versus Chris Bryant, who's kind of stuck in purgatory over there because you're, you're not getting to the playoffs in the NL West right now if you're in Colorado. That's my take. All right, last this or that before we end this game here. This one's a little off topic from sports here, but brownies or cookies, which do you prefer and why? What's better, brownies or cookies? Brownies all day long. I love a good cookie, but I can throw down a pan of brownies like nothing. Okay. So as the uh, resident fat brother, I think that my my weight, literally pun intended, carries a little bit more here. And I'm going to go ahead and go with cookies. You know, I mean, what can you do with brownies? You can do some cool things with brownies. Add a little bit of peanut butter swirl in there. You got some walnuts, whatever. Man, after about one brownie. Ice cream, though. Ice cream. Okay, but after like one brownie, this fat guy is like, man, this is too rich. But I could throw down me some cookies. You know, we got chocolate chip. You got some sugar. You got snickerdoodles. Shoot, I'll do oatmeal as long as you put chocolate chips in it. Don't put no raisins in that bad boy, though. Hey, oatmeal don't raisins dis- are good cookies. Yeah, do not disrespect the oatmeal raisin cookie. Boo. You know? See, this is why you guys don't have any say. Not only are you not fat guys, but you don't you like oatmeal raisin. Get out of here. Get out of town. You know, the, the best part about being somebody that likes oatmeal raisin cookies is I can buy them and I don't have to fight anybody else in the house for them. I get them all to myself. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to fight you for them. <laughs> all right. Thanks for doing some this or that. We're going to jump into our uh, next segment here, our last segment of, of the episode where we're going to do some crystal ball predictions. So now that we are down to the Sweet 16, We've narrowed the field a little bit. We've been able to see some teams and how they react to playing in the tournament. And quite frankly, there's just fewer picks, right? Like we've realized with all the stuff that we did wrong, we didn't know. So let's repick this. Who cares, right? Like we're fans. We can, we can do what we want. So now that we're down to 16 teams, let's repick the final four. Ben, I'll let you go first. Who's, who is your repicked final four and who do you have winning it all? Okay. So if I had to repick, I, I don't, I don't know how much of my bracket's going to change to be honest with you, but I'm going to go and say, I, I still like Gonzaga. I think I still like Arizona. Arizona looked good. I know that they got pushed to the brink, but they look good. I don't know that Houston's going to have a chance to beat them. I don't, I think they're still going to be favored over Villanova for me. 
and Villanova's got to get past Michigan for crying out loud, who has looked really good. And I won't bring up Danny talking about Michigan, not even deserving to be in the tournament. I'll just leave that alone. So I think that. Didn't you just do it? Didn't you? Didn't. Oh, is that what happened? I don't know. I don't, I didn't want to bring it up. Uh, So I think I'm going to go with still with Gonzaga. I'm still going to go with Arizona. I'm still going to go with Kansas. I, I don't think that they should have too much of a problem coming out of the Midwest. I think the one change that I would make right now, no, 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 I'm keeping it. I'm going Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, and Kansas. I don't see Purdue beating UCLA. Purdue could. I'm, I'm not real confident in it, but I'm sticking with it. I don't, I don't see any reason why my picks are going to fail at this point because that's just how it is. Man, that's arrogance right there. All right, Riley, go ahead. So I'm, I'm sticking with two of mine because those are the only two that are left. 50% of my final four is out. So I'm Boo. still going to go Gonzaga and Villanova. Yeah. So um, I'm sticking with those two. I think Villanova makes the push. Um, I'm obviously Auburn lost and I had them going to the final four. That was a terrible pick. But so I'm going to say Kansas is going to be able to make that push. Kansas, as long as they get past Providence here, I mean, They've got either an 11 or a 10 seed, which granted they've won games to get there, but Kansas is obviously a much better team at that point. Ben is right. Purdue's not going to beat UCLA because UCLA is going to lose to North Carolina in their next game. And then Purdue's going to beat North Carolina and make it to the final four. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm with you, Ben. I'm sticking with UCLA coming out of the East. I think that they're going to, North Carolina's had a good run, but they haven't been that team. And UCLA knows how to win close games. Like they've just figured out, they've been doing this for, this is the second year in a row now that they just, they win close games. They went from the first four to the final four last year. You know, I mean, they know how to win in the tournament with these guys. Yep. They figured it out. I still think Kansas, I'm sticking with that. I'm worried about Gonzaga, to be honest with you. I think that their defense has been suspect. Um, they've really been reliant on the other teams getting into foul trouble and then being able to make some runs in the second half. They're meeting an Arkansas team. That's a lot deeper than either of the teams that they've faced so far. I think actually Arkansas beats them. And I think Duke makes it into the final four. I think they come out of the, out of the West region, coach K they figure it out. And I'm actually going to change myself. I know Texas tech, but that's okay. Um, we'll see. If I, I, I had to pick now. Yeah. In the South, I had Villanova, but Houston has looked tremendous. I think that Houston takes out Arizona and I think they take down Villanova. And so those are the two that I'm changing. Duke, Houston in the final four. I still have Kansas winning it all. They've looked tremendous. They have a lot of senior leadership on that team. But I, I do think that Gonzaga just they have not been as dominant as I was expecting them to be I think that they go down to Arkansas in this next game yeah but they got so I'm gonna one thing and I'll just argue not not argue but yes I'll stick up for it okay whatever I'll stick up for Gonzaga for one thing they have a guy that when needed will just take over a game I mean what and Timmy's happened, done that in the second half. What both happened games. with Timmy in that Memphis game was one of the craziest things I've ever seen somebody at a college level do. Not to mention the guy's got the most awesome mustache you've ever seen and a great personality. And he's like a dude that's just like at a frat con frat boy. And then all of a sudden he's out here moving and 
juking and at seven, two and banking the ball off and doing reverse layups and spins. And it's like, what in the world happened here? Like, come on. He looks like some dude that was playing YMCA. He looks like uncle Rico reincarnated. If we're going to pull up Napoleon dynamite with that headband and the mustache, like, come on, man. I think he does play at the YMCA in his free time, but he, and he definitely has the old man game, but I, I, yeah. And he gets, to be fair, the foul trouble that the other teams have gotten into a lot of that's because Timmy forces the issue and he's getting them into foul trouble. I just think that when you have a team with more depth, like you have with Arkansas, it's going to be harder for them, for them to exploit those matchups the way that they have against Memphis and against See, I, Georgia I think state. The, I think Memphis exploited matchups against Gonzaga. I think you've got that backwards a little bit there because Memphis had some quick big guys that were quick and could move around. And then this caused problems for Gonzaga. And then they shot the lights out sometimes too, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens. Uh, your crystal ball is different than mine. That's okay. And it's all up in the air at this point. Who knows? Yep. And really, neither of us have a crystal ball. So we'll just see what happens. Like we, 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 hey, If we can see yourself. the future. It Wait, may not work. You, it's cloudy, but it, it's, 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 I still have one. I was say, is that, a, is that a magic eight ball or a crystal ball? What do you what do? You <laughs> oh, is that not the same thing? I thought those were the same thing. My bad. No. I would say if if either if any of us had a crystal ball, we would not be doing so poorly in our bracket challenge at this. We point. would be winning a million dollars for having a hundred percent perfect bracket. Yes, yes, that is true. Yeah, Warren Buffett would be paying up. All right, so <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you again. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook. You know, if you want to subscribe to all of them, go for it. We just want to make sure you don't miss a second of our show because you know what? We're pretty awesome. So you want to, you can't help, you know, you got to have us in your life. You know, you do. Yeah. As my, as my 12 year old daughter calls it, she calls it just, she doesn't understand exactly at all what we're talking about, but it's, it's free entertainment and she enjoys it. So, you know, take it from the 12 year old free, free. Yes. Free 99. And you, and you get what you pay for it. So the other thing is make sure you, (laughs) You go on our uh, Facebook page. We had a couple comments added on there. We'll try to mention a couple people. If you get on there, comment on some of our posts on our Facebook page at Sound the Horn Podcast on Facebook. And also email. Drop us an email. We'll bring up your topic maybe in our podcast if you drop an email to us. And, and Danny, what's that email address again? Sound the Horn Podcast at gmail.com. We're making it really difficult for you. So, yeah. Just, right. Yep. Sound the Horde podcast at gmail.com. Couldn't have guessed that one. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And thanks for coming in. We'll catch you next time. We out.